Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 72 of It's Just Bodybuilding. Dusty Hand, Sean, myself, Big Ron Partler, we're in the house. And on today's show, we have Chad Nichols, the diet doc, the trainer of Big Rammy, 2020 Mr. Olympia champion on It's Just Bodybuilding. up dusty i'm just excited for uh back-to-back nights here yeah i know we, we we're, we're doing the uh the heavy media run well and yeah you happen to grab up the winningest person in all of bodybuilding technically yeah i want to talk to him about a lot more than just rammy well yeah like we you know what, what? How, how many how many did his wife win six eight eight six yeah, it's not six i think i mean yeah. I'm sure he's only going to give us about three or four hours, so we have to be quick with the questions. Yeah, so, I mean, minimum, though, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, do you want to bring him on? Absolutely. Let's crank. Well, welcome to the show, man. It's really good to see you again. It's been one of those years where I, I didn't realize I was going to miss all these people. And, you know, no Expos, no FIBO, no Arnold, no, like, you know, I didn't do anything this year. So, like, I, I miss, yeah, I miss seeing everybody, you know. Hey, Dusty, what's up, man? Not much, man. Just uh, ecstatic to – Ron and I figured you have like five or six hours to answer all of our questions. We'll be good to go. <laughs> I'm a talker, so we can, we can roll away. Yeah, first of all, uh, thanks so much for giving us like – are we getting an ex- – uh, are we getting like the first interview? Like have you done well, anything? I've got two after this, but uh, – <laughs> After. Uh, we win. First one. <laughs> well, actually, it's whoever gets it to press first, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Scott's got to stay up tonight and edit this, get it up uh, before yeah. midnight, and then we can – Over the weekend, I had a couple people come up to me, and they're like, uh, so, you know, what, what does Rami look like? And I'm like – yeah, I think it's game over, dude. I think it's game over. And I was thinking back to like 03 or something, and you came up to me at the, uh, at the, <laughs> you know, at the, I don't know, somewhere. I, in, I, in, I'm you, gonna tell, gonna tell this story. So you go ahead. Yeah, and, and you're like, hey, bro, how's how's Ronnie looking? And I'm like, yeah, it's a done deal, dude. It's a done deal. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I, yeah, I remember that well. I walked up, I said, hey, uh, what's the deal? This was before prejudging. And uh, you said, oh, it's 287 this morning. It's just over. <laughs> yeah. And then we took a photo. We both had the uh, fanny packs and everything. It's a, yeah, it's we'll a fanny pack, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I missed those days. You carry shit around in there. No, it was, you know what? It was the it, probably the best thing to travel with. That's why Joe Rogan's trying to bring it back, eh? Yeah. But it's weird anyway, because now you got your wallet and you got to set it out in the open. Fucking, you got to keep an eye on it the whole time because somebody's going to snatch it out from underneath. The freaking thing going through the Jeez. I know, I know. So, uh, man, how how do you feel returning to, you know, the winner's circle like this? It Obviously, it's freaking phenomenal. Um, you know, I feel blessed because, you know, most people don't get the opportunity to work with those type of athletes like Ronnie, you know, comes around once in a lifetime. And then to have somebody like Rami come around and somehow, you know, end up with him also, um, you know, I put a post up and was like, it's kind of like lightning struck twice. Like the, the feelings were different yet. So similar. Um, both of these guys are unique human beings, not just athletes, but just people, um, you know, just amazing, amazing people. 
and then to get the opportunity to bring out the best of them um, on stage was, you know, was amazing. And then the great thing about, you know, Ronnie was different because nobody was expecting Ronnie to win. And so we were able to kind of progress Ronnie into that point and surprise people. Rami was different because everybody was like, oh, he's never going to do it. Even leading into the Olympia, you watch the predictions and everybody had him, you know, fifth or sixth place. And I'm sitting there like, and every, you know, they're like, are you going to say something? I'm like, no, why would I say something? Like, I love that. Like that's, that makes the whole story. Like that's, you know, that's the part yeah. that gives you. And What's so that? I think the part that was amazing was, you know, everybody's doubt and then to bring it to the stage and not only, you know, just, hit it a little bit and have everybody say, well, he's in pretty good shape, but to virtually have him basically in the best condition as anyone on stage. You know. Who in, in your head, I mean, you know, you're one of the, you know, most, uh, uh, well, smartest guys in bodybuilding, but you see the forest through the trees. Who was in your mind going to be the biggest threat? The whole time. Well, I, I think Phil, he's brought kind of a, uncertainty so yeah we didn't know what we were going to see from him i the whole time felt like there was going to be a bit of an issue because i know what it i know what kind of surgery he went through and i think in the in the end that's what that's what held him up it wasn't anything other than the fact that when you go through a surgery like that first of all part of that area is going to be numb you're going to lose control of that area but then most people aren't factoring in the training side of that there's no way to train a hundred percent with that injury. It's just impossible. And so when you look at Phil, you know, really the, it wasn't that he was that bad. He just didn't have that density to the muscle that we're all used to. And I mean, eventually, you know, age or injuries or those things just catch up with you, but going in the unknown, because nobody had seen Phil, he hadn't posted pictures. You know, my thinking is like, he is potentially going to be the biggest threat but then I also felt that Hottie was also a, a very, very, you know, uh, good competitor that could that had the potential to bring something unique. Mm-hmm. With uh, with the Phil thing, I I think a lot of like Dusty and I discussed this. We sort of felt like Phil wouldn't show up if he wasn't just ridiculous. Yeah, I was the like, same. Way. I was the like same. You, way. you know, he wouldn't allow himself to show up. Right. I guess we weren't looking at it the way he was, you know, after we look back on the press conference in hindsight, it's different than it sounded that night, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the part, and, and I don't care what anybody says, the sport just progresses. I don't, I don't care what, you know? And so you think like, Oh, he's only been away from the, you know, the competitive stage for two years. That's a lifetime in bodybuilding. Like, Especially at that level. That process, that mental focus, the, feeling of what you're going through like that's a lifetime and being able to get back to that you may think you're back to it but in reality you're just not quite there you know so but i think in the end like i don't care what he would have done the injury that he sustained uh to the midsection you could tell like he didn't really have control over the stomach everybody's like oh it's you know it's distended it's no, he just doesn't have control over it now because of the surgeries and those types of things. I mean, if you look, you know, back, it's, it's kind of like the old time cesareans, like they cut him right down, you know, and they separate that abdominal wall and stuff. He literally was just opened up twice. 
that wall would probably take at least a year to heal. There's so um, much scar tissue. It's just, I mean, it's just an impossible thing to overcome. And I mean, at the beginning, like, listen, I'm a, you know, like when I go into battle, like I, I'm, uh, it's a war, right? It's a war. And then once I started kind of looking at all of the, you know, scenarios, like as original, I'm like, this is game over and we're going to take out Phil and all this shit, right? And then I start like looking at Phil and then I realize what he has actually went through um, to get there. And you got to think it's a pretty fucking amazing thing what he accomplished because he was in pretty good shape. Yeah. It just wasn't the Phil that we were used to. Um, he obviously had some stomach issues and those types of things. But to go through what he went through twice and still show up pretty damn good is, is pretty, pretty amazing. Well, I think people forget you're comparing Phil to Phil. Exactly. Uh, you know, That's the worst I'd thing. like to be Phil on his worst day when he turned pro at 10 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a forgetful thought because I had a lot of people trashing too, and I'm like, yeah, it's horrible. He uh, was in the top five at the Olympia after taking two yeah. years away from yeah. training. Yeah. Right? <laughs> a horrible thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what, what do you think? I, I asked Clarita this question yesterday, and I wanted to ask you. What do you think it says about the bodybuilding industry, the way we handled this year as a, as a family, as a community? I, I think it, it showed a lot because I think, I think the most that came out of it is, first of all, under whatever, I mean, if you look at all the things that the athletes had to go through, they found a way, at least most of them found a way. Mm. Um, they found a way to train. They found a way to diet. They found a way to the stage. They found a way to qualify going through COVID and, and being sick and all of these things like training with masks on, like, you know, like, dude, I can't walk down the road without like being winded with a mask on. These guys are in their training every single day with a mask on. Um, and then to have everything at the Olympia four weeks out be moved. And then Dan Solomon and his team, put together just an extraordinary event, then go to the event and the judging, in my opinion, I mean, there's a lot of people that are, you know, they have fans and they like this guy and they like that guy, but across the board, the judges, in my opinion, nailed it. Like I agree. just nailed it. I don't think there's one, like one place that you could be like, that's completely off. Like there's an argument across the board. Some people are going to like certain looks and those types of things. But, you know, I don't remember a time when you could look at every division and go spot on, spot on. Yeah. Well, they, right. weren't, they weren't afraid to even, I mean, look how many divisions yeah. the, the winner was out. Yeah, or, I mean, hell, I think one of them, I think the bikini or one of them, the winner was in like sixth place yeah. last year. I yeah. Mean, that tells also that the I judges know, aren't he, afraid. <laughs> the Arnold champion wasn't even in the top five. I mean, you yeah. know, he didn't deserve to be. Like right. he was off. Like he was a little bit off. And they pulled the trigger on him. You what? know, like all the but I mean, like they showed, like, listen, show up in shape and the physique that is presented is going to be judged, and that's what they did. That's what everybody wants to see at, at the end of the day, the fans, the the athletes, everybody, you know. I I know that uh, women's physique uh, call uh seems like it's controversial. I I went back and like took a real careful look and I thought they just picked a better conditioned. I think it's the problem with that one. That that one's probably the only one that's a little bit back and forth, but Shaniqua is so good that she was literally judged against herself a little bit. Her mm -hmm. conditioning was definitely way down from where it should be 
which then leveled the playing field based off of her genetics. So yeah. now we got a little bit closer playing field, and the other girl just snuck in there. Shaniqua opened the door based off of her conditioning, and the other girl snuck in and took it. And I, I think it was, you know, was it, I, it either way? I don't think either anybody would have complained either way, but I, I think it was a good call. I like it when uh, you can tell the judges aren't afraid to make tough call. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, you know, I say this all the time. Like, I really, I really never got mad at judges because they're there sitting on their, like, you know, sitting there for free, yeah. fucking 12 hour days, you know, and, and, and they're trying to get it all right. And uh, at that level, I thought they did a fantastic job. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, of course, everyone, like, you know, about half the questions are, are about Rami, directly about Rami, you know, um, <laughs> What, do you, what were the keys to coming from what a lot of people thought was a disappointing look at the Arnold, which was still like crazy, you know, how people are, yeah. they, you know, top three. Um, they're like, oh, well, he's he just can't do it. So right. what 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 switches did you flip for the Olympia? Well, I think part of the, the you know whole thing was we just started working together, you know, a little over a year ago. So. It was July of 19, um, right right at the end of July of 19. And so we were just getting used to everything. And so the Arnold was the very first show. We went into that really with a lot of questions to be answered, right? Um, and going into that, you know, I looked at it and I knew that there were certain things that we were going to have to kind of be very careful with. I could tell based off of his diet, based off of everything that I'd seen in the past, that he was going to be very carb sensitive. But he's a 300-pound bodybuilder. So common sense tells me, like, I've, I've dealt with a tremendous amount of 300-pound bodybuilders. Yeah. Ronnie, Gunther, you know, like Nasser, Dillett, like, like these guys are all monstrous guys. And the one thing that they had in common is they could handle a tremendous amount of food, tremendous mm-hmm. amount of carbs. Um, and so I went in with the kind of middle-of-the-road approach with him. And even at the middle-of-the-road approach, it was too much. And within one day, boom, he had blew up. And I knew we were in trouble at the Arnold. Like I instantly knew. Um, and so we went in and tried to clean it up the best that we possibly could. But what we did there is we learned a tremendous amount about his body, how it responded, things that, you know, worked and what didn't work. And we would have had to go through that to end up here. And we were hoping, obviously, that we would be able to showcase the look earlier in the year. We were hoping at uh, Australia, uh, but we weren't able to pull that off. And then we were hoping at one of the qualifiers. And of course, he gets COVID. Luckily, we end up with uh, the friggin' invite and uh, we're able to, able to show it. Going in, I was very confident. Like, I was very confident that I had the majority of the answers that I needed to at least present a really, really good Rami. But I think that, there, but there was a lot of stuff. Like, even at the beginning, <clears throat> There was things so like his legs, like we needed a tremendous amount of separation through the legs. And and we had a lot of things to fix there. Like they, the, you know, previous teams had just really jacked that up. So we had, you know, for a year, we went in, done a lot of scraping, took, you know, the guys and just dug deep into those separations, broke that up um, for an entire year. We worked on those legs. Um, that was one of the, you know, one of the main things abdominals he had never trained abs and so a lot of his shots his abs would look very shallow i told him listen i want 250 reps on abs every single day that was at the beginning of a year and you could tell the difference like he had dominant abs very dominant 
um, which again, ties everything together. A lot of people are afraid to train abs. Um, but again, you know, you have to do it. Um, stretching, like one of the things, like he was having trouble activating muscles because when he would go into his front double or rear double, his elbows were constantly pointed forward. So we had to yeah. constantly stretch out those shoulders. And, and again, that's, that's a slow process that we're still working on. Um, but those are just a few things that we just, you know, kind of just etched away at over the last year, just to improve, just to improve every day. What's, what's Rami's, uh, training like? Like we all seen videos and stuff, but you've trained, you know, you've trained everybody. Where, where do you kind of, you think he trains? You know, so here's the thing. He trains heavy um, and with a higher volume. And that's kind of where I wanted to see him. I told him like, listen, I want you to train heavy. I, I said, I don't, I don't want you to train as heavy as Ronnie, but I said, I want you training with heavy weight. And then once you get to a comfortable spot, so like a, a relatively heavy you know, movement, let's say 150 pound dumbbells on incline. I don't want you to keep trying to go beyond that. What I want you to keep doing is trying to add reps and sets for just higher volume, higher volume, higher volume. And so that's kind of what we did. We stayed in the high weight range, not the ridiculous range, but the high weight range. And once we got to a comfortable point, we just kept adding more sets, more reps, more sets, more reps. Um, Now, when we came over to Dennis James's and changed things around a little bit, I was 100% convinced on, you know, Dennis James, like I'm, very confident in what he could, what he could do. So I just basically said, listen, do your thing, do your thing. The only thing that I ask of you is that every time he walks out of the gym, the tank is empty. I want a tremendous calorie burn from the gym and I want to dig deep, deep into the muscle. Um, so you do your thing, but make sure that when he walks out of there, that fucking tank is empty. Um, and so that's what you saw because that's what Dennis James is great at, right? Like that's right. what he, does um and and he's the best at it and so it was kind of funny because the only set that anybody ever saw was the last set right and so every that's when everybody was like oh fuck they're panicking they're they're in panic mode and like all this stuff and i'm like dude you're you're actually watching the last set (laughs) right 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 he's dead right now actually (laughs) come on what, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I try to tie stuff back in for the viewers, too, because obviously Rami's a different character, but I think it really does tie into everybody. We hammer the importance of training because, as you know, I mean, I'm sure first question anybody wants to ask you is what a cycle is or this sure. kind of stuff. But, you know, with all of your years of, of I mean, hell, I don't think anyone's won more Olympias than you. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. how, how many, important how- is training to guys because they just we can't get it through their heads to save our lives it's i'll tell you what i mean training obviously is the key it's why we all do this but the difference is consistency like that's the tr- that's the trick like most of these guys and you've got to find this like in in my opinion you've got to find this balance of good and bad because you have guys that are like sticklers on form and everything is form 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 well, form is great, but it can't be so strict that you never move forward. But mm-hmm. then it can't be so sloppy that you're risking injury. So to me, training is all about like what your body responds best for. Um, I think people focus on certain things like they think they got to train heavy. And if they train heavy, they got to train heavy on everything. Um, I think the key is really to find out what your body you know, works the best on. 
a lot of guys, you know, that I train will, you know, like back stuff, leg stuff, like chest stuff. Everything is super heavy. But then when you get to like arms, it's a lighter, more controlled way, just like squeezing the muscle type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's totally the opposite of what they do most of the time in the gym. But realistically, the key is how consistent you can do that along with the, with the food, like the right. food obviously, and being able to really read how your body responds to that. I think those are the two mess ups. I think a lot of guys, even at the high, high pro level, they look at the off season as kind of a downtime. So they're so sick of eating, you know, every X amount of hours, you know, for contests that they don't want to do that in the off season. And so what happens is their body then just goes right back to where it was. They don't ever make forward progress. They don't ever, you know, continuously move forward. Or if they do, it's very, very gradual. And then when they start to diet, it goes right back to where, you know, the body is used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the key, like that training, that food, that consistency every single day. And, and it, you just got to be a different human being to do that. Like it's, it's, <laughs> Not everybody can do it, you know? No, I, I, I always think like a lot of people can train really hard. Like there's lots of guys out there that can train really hard, but it's the consistency. Like they'll train really hard for a month and then they're out of the gym for a while or they just can't put it together. And and I mean, it's, it goes with everything. I mean, even, you know, let's, I mean, let's get real, like on and off, like, listen, just because you're on or or you're off, does not change the fact that you still got to go in the gym? You've still got to train hard. You've still got to get your meals in. You may be able to, you know, adjust a little bit here and there, but there can't ever be a point where you're like, okay, um, you know, I'm going to take a little downtime. So I'm just, I'm going to take it easy for the next two months. Right. There's just no point that you can do that. Like ever, you know? Yeah. You, uh, you kind of mentioned drugs. So I thought I'd bring up the nineties. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to ask you, man, about the the peak '90s. You know that era that you were involved in, where you had like uh, the the Fab Five, you call them, and uh, you know how how were things at that point? You were just like the king of the industry. Yeah, I mean, how was it in what term? Like like at that managing those guys at that level. Oh, dude, it was crazy because everybody's personality was different. And, and those guys were characters. The dude, crazy. <laughs> you talking? So I mean, Ronnie was the easiest one in the in the world, right? But then you had Flex, <laughs> and then you've got Paul Delette, who you've got to like just keep pushing, push, push, push. And then on the flip side of that, you got Chris Cormier, who you got to chase around all over the damn place. Um, and but I'll tell you, I mean, and then on top of that, you got, I mean, you could throw in King Kamali and Craig Titus, and like, dude, you got just a, like I'm telling you, like this is no shit. So I was wiped out this weekend, like wiped out. <laughs> okay. But I, I'm old. I'm old as shit right now. But um, at one point I had 12 people in the Olympia. So I had 12 athletes in the Olympia. Winter. I remember those days. I'm not even sure how I was capable of doing it. Like, I don't even know how it's possible at this point. Because <laughs> one guy almost killed me this weekend. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you had those big hotel runs you had to do. Just constant, nonstop. I would, I would literally lay down and go to bed for like two hours, get back up, boom. Nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. Just run, 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 run. See, these guys don't have the spoiled of, like, we had the battle for the Olympias, and it didn't matter what room you're in, there was an athlete and Chad in every every clip. <laughs> yeah, the whole video. The whole Literally, video. Literally, on the end of the clips, and, and I'm like, how does he keep it together? Because it's also extremely high pressure because all of your guys could win. 
Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> especially at that, at that time. I mean, you know, because you had Ronnie and Flex and all of those guys. And you know what was crazy at that time? Like right now, I'm, I'm finding myself like writing down shit. Like even when I have more than one guy, you know, even at the amateur level, I'm having to write down hotel room numbers. Like, what fucking room number? I can't even remember what room number they're in. Back then, I wrote nothing down. I remember oh, yeah. nothing. I knew what room they were in. I knew what the last meal was. Like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> everything just goes to shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you, uh, what comparisons would you draw um, between the, the moment that Ronnie won his first Olympia in 98, that moment, and Rami winning this weekend? Did it bring yeah. you back a little bit? Yeah, it, it was really, I mean, again, like I talked about that a little bit, you know, but the, I think it was so unique because, again, nobody expected Ronnie to win. Nobody. Like, nobody. I, I even remember talking to Flex leading into the show, and I'm, you know, they're like, how's everybody doing? And I'm like, man, Ronnie looks really good. And he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about Nosler? Like, they would just skid, like, skid right over because the whole battle was supposedly Nosler and, and Flex, right? And then all of a sudden, Ronnie comes in to win. It was kind of very similar to Rami because nobody expected him to win. Everybody had him out of the top five because they just expected him not to show up in shape. Mm -hmm. And so when he did, it was like, oh, shit. Like, you know, and so it was kind of similar yet a little bit different, but still like – like, like I said, lightning struck twice. It was, it was so similar that, you know, it brought back memories of both. And you know, I even, even went back and looked at some of the Ronnie stuff and like, you know, from the first year and like trying to like, you know, just kind of rehash some of that. And it was like, there were so many similarities. I remember the first time I walked into the room and uh, I looked at Ronnie and I was just like, Oh shit, this is like, this is crazy because I had just left Flex's room and I thought Flex looked nuts. And then I walked into Ronnie's room. And I'm like, oh, my God. And Kim called me literally as I was exiting the hotel. And, and she's like, where are you at? And I go, I just left Ronnie's room. And she's like, how does he look? And I go, no, nobody's going to beat him. No chance is anybody beating him this, this week. No chance. And so literally I had done the same thing with Rami. I had just got there. I just looked at him. I walked out of the room. And I was just walking out of the room. And Kim calls. She's like, hey, what are you doing? I go, I just left Rami's room. And he's like, how does he look? And I go, nobody's beating him this <laughs> <laughs> Did a <little> deja vu. <laughs> she probably remembered that one. Oh shit! <laughs> she, that's right. And she's like, "Oh my god, that's the same thing you said about Ronnie in '97." I go, "Well, let's hope that it uh, comes true." <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's uh? How have things changed since the '90s? With you know, like I remember. I mean, I remember the pie filling days, and I remember you know the the '90s had you know a little bit crazy with the diuretics, and and I, I remember all that stuff. So how do you think things have evolved? I think the science of bodybuilding has obviously evolved, but I'll tell you what, I mean, we went, you know, even with Rami, I went back a little bit more old school um, with a lot of the stuff, a lot of, um, with, every, with a lot of the things, the diet, we went very old school diet with very low carb, um, with higher, you know, uh, cardio. Um, we kind of, you know, we kind of went to a, Ronnie was a guy that used more, more carbohydrates. So he was, he was definitely a guy. I mean, the lowest he would ever probably go is 300, you know, maybe, maybe occasionally a little lower, but usually it was in the 300 to 350 range, especially if you started adding in all the, you know, Casey catch up, catch up. <laughs> <laughs> masterpiece <laughs> barbecue sauce. <laughs> exactly. So, 
but with Rami, we, you know, we went much lower than that. I mean, there was times we were under 150 carbs and we ran it for a while. And, you know, I took him real deep, deep into um, the diet. Basically what I did was I manipulated the diet up until about eight weeks out. And then I, t- I told him, I said, the next six weeks are going to be misery. I said, you're going to feel like you're going to die. I said, at some point, you're going to literally question what the fuck you're doing. I said, I can promise you. And so we took him deep, deep into the diet. And that was the point where, I, you know, I, I could tell, like I talked to him and I could tell, like, he was just on the verge of, like, you know, not making it, right? Like he was getting mm-hmm. ready. That's what I called Dennis. And I'm like, we got to get him to your house now. Like, we got to get him there now because he is literally on the verge that these next two weeks are critical. And I said, he's going to need somebody that's went through that. His team has no idea that he's around there. They have no idea what he's going through. They don't understand it. They're going to think he's starving. They're going to feed him. They're going to like, we got to get him out of that environment, getting into an environment that understands it. Um, And so I, you know, I told him and then I called Rami and I said, dude, we got to get you to Arizona. We got to do it now. And in two days he was there then we were cruising and we basically pushed him right, right to the breaking point. And then I just shifted gears again and started manipulating. And then by that point, your body is locked in. And it was kind of the same kind of process that I did with Ronnie. Very, very similar, except, you know, the ratios were obviously set up for each individual athlete, but very similar process. And I'll tell you the one thing, you know, I always heard like, oh, he he doesn't train hard or he doesn't diet hard. I'm telling you. Here's the here's the problem. He does everything to a T. So if you like, look, if you're with a coach and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, then he will literally just state exactly what you're you know, telling him to do. And if you keep making the same mistakes, then he will do it because that's what you're telling him to do. He follows it that close. I mean, never veered from it, even on the times when he was literally just about ready to you know drop like his legs wouldn't move like he wouldn't do it. Dennis James like, listen, we still got three more rounds of posing. And they were doing old school posing, like hitting the shot, 10 count, hit the shot, 10 count. They did that three to four to five times a day. And that showed on stage, man. That showed on stage. It showed on stage. That was one of the main things that stood out about Rami was his confidence. Out of it. Like it made a big difference, you know. He looked like he was sleeping though. I mean, he'd hit the shot and literally looked effortless. I remember toward the end of when they were, you know, they worked him pretty good. Yeah. He did look just as fresh at the end as he did in the beginning. And I'm like, you could see yeah. every everyone. I mean, Ron and I were texting back and forth. You could see them starting to fade a little or, or you know, you could just see they're tired. Yeah, they were starting to breathe through their stomachs. And yep. he, he wasn't, you know, how they do the ab thigh and everybody wiggles around to yeah. try to sneak some air in there. And he just hit it and just sat on oh, it, just yeah. stare, just death stare. That's, that's <laughs> where James is so great. Like, you know, because, again, that's the era that he came through. And that's mm-hmm. what he, you know, knows that you have to do. And we would go back and forth with the shots, tweaking shots, and you know, hey, yeah, we, need to do this, we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that process there, like you know, going through that, like that's the process. And Dennis James, will, he's relentless. He's like, listen, I don't care how tired you are. This is what we have to do. We have to do this because on stage, you don't get a break. You don't get a break. You're not going to be able to take, you know, a rest. Like we have to do this. Um, and he just kept hammering, hammering, hammering. And, you know, and in, in the end, like, I agree. Like, I think it was one of the things that just showed out, you know, that he had put everything together, that he was polished across the board. Mm-hmm. What What did you do between the prejudging and the finals? What was the strategy? Like, how much water did he drink and stuff? 
so what we did was we, I mean, we actually left water in pretty, so he had a gallon of water on Friday. So we took it up. He was drinking two and a half gallons of water. We kept two and a half gallons of water in all the way through Thursday. And then on Friday, I kept a gallon in until about four o'clock. And then I just kind of backed off a little bit just so the body would kind of cycle through. But his body runs much better on water. Um, So I wanted to make sure that we were able to keep that locked in. And then on between Friday and Saturday, basically the goal was to just maintain if we improve just a little bit. Um, that's good. So we kind of lowered the protein just a little bit, kept the carbs about the same. We did three and a half meals. So it was about three normal meals and then a smaller meal. Um, kept the water probably in the half gallon to gallon range. It was just more or less sipping about six ounces with each meal and just kind of sipping throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And to give you an idea of weight, he was 292 right before he walked on stage on Friday and he was 289 right before he walked on stage Saturday. That's all awesome. right on. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, those ones will, they'll start dropping. Your body gets moving. It'll, <laughs> it's not weird to be down 10. Yeah. Exactly. Show. Hey, what's going on guys. Thanks for watching another podcast here at think big bodybuilding media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high quality third party tested supplements at a fair price, high quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out. TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code advices, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks guys. Let's get back to the program. Um, I got a bunch of questions here from the fans, man. Do you mind if we hit some of these? Let's go. Uh, but you've been very generous with your time. So, uh, was there, was there any worry that Rami might spill over when you were loading him? None because we didn't loading. So (laughs) this is what we did again, th- that was a process that we went through at the Arnold. So I did load him at the Arnold. So I didn't ever, I didn't ever like um, depleting super at the Arnold, but I did load relatively moderate at the Arnold. And so we took in about, um, I think it was somewhere around 600 grams to 800 grams of carbs at the Arnold. And he spilled like he filled up instantly, gained 10 pounds and spilled. So one um, day in one day, yeah. literally in about eight hours <laughs> like it was just <laughs> boom. um he went from 300 to 310 in about four meals and uh at that point I, I was that was when i knew like oh shit like we're in trouble so that's when we started clearing things up so for this prep we never did that so what i did was two weeks out i transitioned the diet so we basically had been kind of up and down then i switched into the diet that i was basically going to run the week of the show, a week out. So the foods all basically were in order of exactly what he was going to be eating on the following week, but with just a little bit lower carbs. And then what I did was I just gradually increased those over about three days into the final week, never loaded. So he was probably in the 300 gram, you know, gram carb range, uh, maybe 350 total throughout the day but just spread out throughout the day. And we kept him very consistent all the way through. We never went up and down, same foods, same everything, straight through, straight nice. through. So there, there would never be a shock to the system. We kept it. So he was already balanced the week before. We kept him there the week of and just rolled it right through. Man, what uh, what what are the goals with Rami for the next show? Like you want to improve the conditioning even more? 
So I think, you know, the body obviously is only going to go so far. So, it, you know, and I think we pushed it conditioning wise about as far as we possibly could this one. I think we've got room obviously to improve in a couple areas, muscle wise, lower lat, upper chest. I think we can dig out the hamstrings even more. Um, I think we can separate the legs even more, especially up high, dig those out even up into the hips a little bit more. Um, you know, just keep etching away, etching away a little bit more, you know, detail through the chest shoulders um i'd like to see a little bit more size on the tricep like just just gradual just progress a little more size on the tricep, dusty <laughs> do you think though this is something i've been wondering um i'm big on the mental side of bodybuilding um and i i don't care who you are and as good as rami is even going into this show and knowing he was good there's a difference between people telling you can win and knowing you can win I feel like, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, is almost like he can unveil something totally better next year because now he knows. Like, exactly. it's not a question anymore because even for him, I'm sure the last couple of days, because you've done it, you know, he's he's worked with the best and, and everyone took their crack. No one nailed him. He always looks great because he's Rami, but now he's like, well, fuck, we can do it. Yeah. And, and so I, do you now. So it's like, that's a scary combo if I'm competing and I'm a second place guy for next year. I'm like, oh shit, now he knows. Right. Yeah. And Chad we knows. Have, we have, you know, the formula. We know exactly what it is. And I think that will play a lot into it because, you know, he was really comfortable and confident coming in because at about three to four weeks out, he started seeing the conditioning that he had. And, and you could just tell, like, up until that point, like, he was like so miserable on the diet. And then even through that point, all of a sudden, like he got to that conditioning point and you could start to see even as tired as he was, like he was sending me shots. He was smiling, like the facial expressions were changing. So you could start to see like he was building that more confident, that, you know, everything. But I think still in the back of his head, he had been to certain points before, just like the Arnold, like we were in really good shape before the Arnold. Then we kind of screwed it up and, and, the outcome was the outcome. Um, he had been there so many times. So that had to be a little bit in the back of his head, like shit, like, <laughs> you know, what, what if, what if, what if, um, and, you know, but through this whole process, one of the things that we made sure we did, I did one of the things that Dennis James made sure he did was that we tried to keep him as calm as possible. And we tried to keep him kind of just, you know, basically just in a, in a routine, boom, boom, just mm -hmm. Clicking away, clicking away. Um, and I, you could see as the days got closer and the conditioning got better that his confidence became, you know, it, it was through the roof, even compared to where it was, you know, for the Arnold, because originally we were in a good spot. And then, you know, like I'm always honest with my athletes and he's like, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, we're, like we're going to have some room to make up and we're definitely not going to be where we need to be. Um but I, you know, I said, that's just an unfortunate thing that we, we had to kind of go through that. And here it was just one of those processes that he got a little better and a little better every time, like, you know, every day, a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And you could see it like his attitude changed and everything. But I think now that he's went through the process, he has the title. He saw what he's capable of doing. He saw what he's capable of doing on stage. Um, next year, I think will be even that much better. Yeah. Do, what, what do you. I mean, how many Olympias do you have? 15? You got your wife? Milos was asking me that too, and I didn't even know. I'm like, hell, I don't even know. So I've got Ronnie with eight. Um, yeah. Rami now with one. I've got Kim with four. Linda yeah. Murray with two. Don Youngblood with two. And I think Vince Taylor with two. And Mary. Oh, Dunn. yeah. 
Gary Yaki won the fitness Olympia with one. Damn. <laughs> so easily. I can't remember that many names, let alone that many titles. <laughs> yeah. What, so what that says to me is obviously, you know, you, you know, you're, you know what you're doing with the physique, but to, to win Sandow's, you need to be able to mentally manage these people. And that's what I've heard uh, underneath everything that you've said so far tonight has been about managing Rami and seeing his smirk in his photos and seeing his face in the photos and hearing his voice on FaceTime and all that stuff. And, and, you know, uh, Dennis saying, if he's like, you know, crawling around the house and, you know, so what do you, do you think that that's what sets you apart? I, I think being able to manage that, but I think being able to just adapt, I think is the key because I think too many coaches have one way of doing things. This, this is my opinion. Um, they have one way of doing things, and they try to adapt everybody to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never went in thinking that way. Like I always went in thinking like I have to adapt what I do to them. And so the way their body responds, if it responds to heavy training or high, you know high reps or this or that, if it you know same with the diet, are they a high carb guy? Are they a low carb guy? Are they high protein? You know moderate protein? How efficient is their body? Like the same with you know the super subs. Like is it somebody that we got to push things a little bit on, or are they so efficient that they don't need it and it's better off less? You know what I mean? Like you have to be able to do that. And I've seen you know so many guys, and this is you know unfortunate but like i'll end up with guys who know have trained with such and such this guy and then i'll end up with another guy who's trained with that guy and another guy who's trained with that guy and they send me what they've been doing and it's the same damn program mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over and you know they don't get it now i'm not saying they're doing that maybe with the elite elite guys but they're doing that you know just recycling stuff and that tells me that you literally aren't even trying to adapt to the athlete right. and every single athlete is different i don't care you know, if it's a little bit or if it's a lot, um, each one is a different, you know, different makeup. They're going to respond different to different things. What worked for this guy is never going to work for this guy. You know, it, it's the same. Like, you know, I trained Kim and Linda. What worked for Kim didn't, you know, wasn't going to work for Linda. They have two different physiques, two different metabolisms. They're, you know, the way they trained was different. Mm-hmm. Kim trained very heavy. Linda trained very like higher rep stuff. Um And it was totally different, like completely, completely different, you know, and I think that's the key right there is being able to adapt to the person that is in front of you as a unique person and not trying to be like, oh, this is what I did for this guy. And that's what I'm going to do for this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, What about the uh, winter is coming? Whose idea was that? It was that was his that was all his like that was the greatest line ever. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, right? So when he said that at the press conference, I was just like, oh, yeah. He said, <laughs> like, we were sitting there, right? And I was like, oh shit, what's he gonna say? Because it was weird because you know Brandon had kind of you know kind of laid it out there, and he's got the shades on and all this kind of stuff, and then Phil like just went after it, man. He yeah. like he he went. In. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. Like he, <laughs> he's throwing it down. And so I'm like, okay, where, how is he going to handle this, right? And then, then he did that, and I'm like, dude, that that was the greatest line of the weekend. Like that was yeah. the, like you couldn't have planned that any better. And uh, I asked him, like, where did you come up with that? And then he was explaining everything. But then the greatest part was we were yeah. backstage at the end, right? Yeah. And me and Dennis are sitting there, and, and we're very, very confident. And then we're like, well, you, you don't think they're going to do something crazy, do you? Like this, this is. 
this is done, right? And we're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, like, the Game of Thrones music comes on, and I'm like, game over! Like, <laughs> I was like, there's no like, way. Game of Thrones music right there. It's yeah. lights out. That's did, hysterical. Did, did, did Rami happen to say, like, when he heard the music? No, I haven't. Even, I haven't even asked him. Like, because like, like I want to know what he thought. Yeah. He's standing on stage next to Phil yeah. or next to Brandon, and all of a sudden that starts. He like, then yeah. the, the crowd, the crowd yeah. just even oh. Kim. Like Kim's, Kim's like, I'm sitting there waiting, and you know she's kind of went through it before, and she's like, I'm thinking like he's a lock, but then you don't know, and then you're you're like kind of like, and she's like, the minute the Game of Thrones music, she's like, I just started bawling. <laughs> <laughs> i i love the fact that we had um i don't know whose camera it was but they got the moment when you jumped up that was all that was on instagram like someone was filming you when you heard the announcement oh backstage me and dennis yeah, yeah you and dennis yeah that was an awesome awesome clip man oh i haven't seen that i'll have to look for that oh yeah you, you look pretty happy you come off the ground man i was gonna ask you when the last time you jumped that high was yeah, <laughs> um so uh dusty did you have anything left i got one more for chad after i mean the 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 main thing like i said is um you know looking forward for this year is there anything that you took away i mean that you realize like hey as good as we have it i got one more piece of the puzzle that we can use whether it's for the off season or whatever to take it even further yeah i mean i think um I think the key is basically like everything that we learned going into the last, you know, week and stuff. Like we nailed that last week. And those were the things that, you know, I was, I was confident in that I knew, mm-hmm. but we went through that process yet. Um, you know, we messed that process up at the Arnold. So like, again, like I felt like I had those answers, but you know, again, you don't know until you literally go right down step by step, day by day through that process. And um, and that's the part that I took away where like right now, like I feel 100 percent confident that I have the formula down. I mean, there'll be some adjustments based off of how much muscle he may add or how he improves and those types of things. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the formula is locked in stone like i'll you know i'm not second guessing anything i know i know how the body responds to everything so i know how it responds to you know the process that we that we took into the final two weeks i know the process you know as far as the you know how it responded to the carbs how it responded to the water like all of those things i know um so you know basically you fine tweet those based off of how he looks um but it's all right there. And that's probably the, that's the most important, you know, piece yeah. of the puzzle, basically. Absolutely. Know? I, uh, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you had your wife obviously won the O and then you started helping guys like Nasser, and then it snowballed and then you got Ronnie and then you had flex. So, and then you stepped away for a little while. I did. I did. And now this happens. So how much, uh, how much ability are you going to have to start turning away these top guys when your phone starts ringing again? Oh, we started ringing already. <laughs> it's already started ringing. Like, uh, like I know you love this. I know you love this shit. I know you love helping guys look absolute. like absolute fucking freaks and taking them to the next level. And like people are going to like, it's going to happen. We're, yeah. Are you going to have 12 guys at next year's O? 
I'm, I'm going to have a full team next year. That's for sure. And, you know, it's one of those things where I stepped away because my kids were younger and like, I didn't want to miss that part. Right. And I was burnt out too. Like I was completely burnt out. Like I, I didn't have the passion for it. I didn't, you know, I didn't, and do the, you're talking about people's livelihood. Like, Amateurs is one thing, but when you're talking the elite pro guy, I mean, you're talking, you know, Rami won $400,000. Like you can't go in half ass with anything other than knowing exactly what's going on there. You can't be guessing at shit when you're, when you're handling somebody's livelihood and career. I felt like, you know, a few years back, like I didn't have the drive to do that. Um, I, I was more concerned in my kids and, and, you know, I didn't want to miss that, that aspect of their life. Then now they're older and they're all involved in training. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, originally, like my youngest one, he, he brought a picture of, of Rami and he's like, how is this guy not Mr. Olympia? And I'm like, yeah, I know he should be Mr. Olympia, right? And he's like, you should train him. He should be Mr. Olympia. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that. <laughs> and, uh, so like they are like so like involved now in the sport. Right. And so now that is, you know, so much better because I can, you know, because my youngest one was with me this weekend. And so he got yeah. to like be around all of it. Um, for me, that's just amazing. Like, you know, yeah, the oh, yeah. interaction that he gets to have um, with the athletes and everything like that, that makes it all worth it to me. And like, I'm hungry now because, you know, you know, people, you know, kind of talked a little shit and they're talking this and talking that. And sometimes you're just like, okay, okay, let's, uh, let's just kick things up a notch then. Let's, let's push the boundaries a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I think that's what we did and we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to make some freaks. That's for sure. And, and I mean, I'm going to take a full team next year. Like I can, I can guarantee you, like I'm going to have a full team next year. That's the fun um, stuff though. That's I, I'm it, excited actually, Chad, to see, because one thing that I, I've followed your career long enough to see the guys that no one knew before you, and then they became something. Because, I mean, I, you know, don't get me wrong. Arami is obviously a hell of an onion to figure out. Exactly. But those who can take someone that's, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm going to – a Ron or a me – and make them a, a pro is like, holy shit. Yeah. And that's, that's impressive. Part, that's what I love is the guy, the, that unknown guy. You know, mm -hmm. that was one of the things I was doing is, you know, kind of looking at some of these pros and looking at their genetics and, and you know, looking at them being like, okay, now this kid, this kid could be really, really good, you know. And that's the part that interests me the most because mm -hmm. that's basically taking somebody and taking their potential and maxing it out. Right. And that's the part that I love. I mean, that's the part that excites me about the sport, seeing just what you can create. Like even with Rami, like, you know, I wanted his conditioning to be good, but that was never going to be enough for me. I wanted him to push the boundaries a little bit and really kind of set a new standard and kind of kind of go back to that 90s era conditioning and mm -hmm. uh, just really kind of, you know, kick it up a notch. And that's what, you know, that's, that's everything that it drives me. And that's what I want to do. You know, that's, that's, that's the fun, that's the fun shit, you know, on my side of the sport. Well, I feel like that's where the, I mean, if you look at the lineup top to bottom, I feel like the sport is trying to head that way itself. It, it like is. I started looking at guys. I'm like, these guys are getting hard again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, like, I mean, cause it's funny. I'm, I'm seeing pictures and people are even mocking it now online. You'll see, you know, four or five guys in a call up and it says, I thought the nineties were harder. And yeah. it's like, not really like it's going back in that direction. You know, that's, I think that's the 
such a positive for the sport. I mean, you know, cause I, like even on Saturday night, I looked at Hottie and I was like, you know, this is great conditioning. Like this is, this is the type of stuff that pushes a sport because, you know, if Hottie goes there, you know, and another guy that I was super impressed with was Akeem Williams. I thought Akeem oh. Williams looked fucking amazing, right? He came into his own. You're going to mm-hmm. see that kid move up now. You're going to see him push the boundaries. And that forces a Brandon Curry to be like, okay, I'm going to have to take it to that next level now. If I want to compete next year, I'm going to have to take it to that next level. Um, and that's the positive of the sport. You know, that's what progresses everything. You know, and, the, and we, there's a, I mean, Hunter Labrada, the Ian kid, like these guys are, you know, they're the new group that's pushing, pushing, pushing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, over the next couple of years, I mean, we kind of went through a slump there where the conditioning was kind of, you know, kind of mm-hmm. lackluster. But I think if you look at the guys that are there now, they all have the potential um, to really push the envelope conditioning wise, I think. Yep. Agreed. What's, What's your number one uh, lesson from 2020? Never give up. Uh, That's my number one lesson because I think that there were so many points. You know, a lot of people don't even know Big Rami's story. We, you know, we had a, you know, we flopped at the Arnold, which is what I'm concerned. If he didn't win, it was a flop. Um, So then we decide we're going to head to Australia. They get ready to lock down Kuwait. He takes the last flight, the last flight. He boarded the last flight out of Kuwait into Dubai because he thought Australia was going to go. He lands in Dubai and is immediately notified, show is canceled. Mm -hmm. Now can't get back to Kuwait, which is where his family is. He Mm -hmm. is now in Dubai for the next six months. Well, March, April, May, June, July. Okay. So basically five months. He's stranded there, okay? He has a couple places where he can train, but then they lock Dubai completely down. In April, on the 24th, he has to start Ramadan. So he starts Ramadan from April 24th to May 25th. So we can only get about three meals in because he can only eat at night. He then is like, what do we do? We, We basically took the time to basically just basically detox and heal the body. We basically took five months just to kind of let the system kind of clean out, um, heal up any little nagging aches and pains and those types of things, trying to benefit the best that we possibly could. We then think like, okay, we'll hit one of these shows. We start looking at, you know, everything. And originally I saw a show in November, right? It was like November 5th, which is still like, um, you know, I don't know. It's like a month and a half from the Olympia. So I'm not, thinking like I'm, I'm guessing that surely the show is a qualifier it's november right. 4th right so we don't think anything about it we start that's kind of the direction we're headed and then all of a sudden we're like it's not a qualifier they're going to cut the qualifiers off in october so we're like shit now we've literally got no time to get ready so we're like what do we do and rami's like do you do we just scrap it and and go to the arnold and at this point, I've already been told that the Arnold isn't going to happen, like that it's not going to happen in March. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a good idea. I can't tell you why. I don't think that's a good idea. So I, I said, listen, I think we can make it. And so the the uh, the European the Europa European show, whatever. I, I said we can make that show. I'm telling you. I said. I think I can get you 90. percent We'll qualify at that show because it was a top three. I'm like, we can make that show. He's literally progresses through 
fine. He's in great shape. You know, he's probably 90%, um, easily good enough to qualify. And we're, we're kind of like, is there going to be a visa issue? Maybe there's going to be a visa issue. So he, he lives in Egypt, but he has to go where they're at. They, they're not they kind of shut everything down. He has to go to Cairo, which is three hours away, drives three hours to get a visa. He's there all day, calls him back, like, just like, you know, it, it just excited to death. He's got the visa. I'm like, oh, thank God. So we're good to go. He said, yeah, tomorrow I go, I get tested. I got to go through this little thing that, you know, it's a travel thing. The government, you know, tests you, blah, blah, blah. Calls me back the very next day in tears. He's tested positive for COVID. And I'm like, unbelievable. So it's like one thing after another thing. After another. I'm like, you have got to be shitting me. Like we have literally not had one thing go our way this whole damn year. Like, oh, Jim. And I'm like, man, you're not going to believe this. I said, he's got, he's got COVID. And he's like, does, does he? I go, so I send him the, because I have the results, right? I have the COVID right. report. I send him to him. I'm like, yeah. I said, because it's, I said, it's a government test. I said, there's no way around it. I go, the government tested him. So he is now on a government list. And for he the, can't leave. He, yeah. He can't leave. So he's like, and I'm like, man, we've busted our ass all year. We've tried to do every possible thing right, and not one thing went right. And so luckily, you know, I'm like, is there a chance, like, that this kid could get an invite, you know? And and Jim's, you know, and Tyler thought it over and said, like, man, if anybody deserves it, like, we feel like he definitely deserves it. Like, he's he tried to go to Australia and got stranded. He was away from his family for six months. He then tries to you know, qualify here. It ends up with COVID. So, you know, he ends up with luckily with the invite. And then luckily, you know, we we're able to put everything together and and uh, and show what he's capable of doing. So I think that, if anything, it taught me, like, you know, never give up because, you know, hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel. And we could have yeah. easily strapped it. And it, it was like, I mean, there was times when we were like, this is nuts. We got to just shut this shit down and let's just look for 2021. Like 2020 is a disaster. There ain't nothing going to go good. <laughs> you got to forget, you know, I'm I glad it was good that, uh, that everyone though. Cause what, what I found positive too was when he got the invite, he had so much street cred that really no one blinked. Yeah. He was like, well, yeah, of course. Like yeah. I remember someone asked me to like, do you think it's fair? And I'm like, fair. What has he done? They're not giving it to me. Like, come on. <laughs> and I didn't even know the story. I just knew he got invited. I'm like, he belongs on that stage. And now this year, forget about winning. They needed him on that stage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's like, I mean, one of the most popular, you know, athletes. Oh, and for I, sure. And I think when, you know, especially when, you know, Flex had got the invite and then all of a sudden wasn't able to use it, like, what else are you getting? I, th- I thought it was just the natural thing to flip it right to him. You know? Yeah, you already have one. It's not being used. Let's use yeah. it on someone else. <laughs> Absolutely. Where Where do you think Flex Lewis would have landed? Man, I mean, Flex Lewis at, you know, like 230 pounds. Like when you see him, like, you know, three weeks out. With Neil standing behind him. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think he is – he's in the top five for sure. Like he's, I think he's in the top five. You could probably argue maybe top three. Yeah, I, it, I, it, it just know. depends. I mean, because you got to realize he is smaller, so you, th- but so is Hottie. Yeah. And you know, Flex brings that same dense muscle, that same type of conditioning. Um, 
I, I could have seen him right next to Hottie somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. You know Plus, right don't in. you? Th- there's something to be said. That I think the fans miss, and more of the trained eye is Flex knows how to own a stage. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I remember the first time I watched him win in Olympia, and I was like, well, he didn't really give him a choice, and I wasn't talking about his physique. Yeah, he just normally <laughs> the minute he walks out, you know. Yeah. And that was, you know, Flex uh, Wheeler was like that. Like, Flex would walk out on stage and just convince you that he was the champion. Right, that yeah. belonged there, and he was the best guy. And that's, I mean, a lot of guys don't get that. You know what I mean? Like that type of presence and stuff. You know, and, and when I was talking to Rami, I go, I go, you got to realize that how you look up there. This was after prejudging. I go, you look nuts. Yes. <laughs> you can't take your eyes off of you. Like yeah. it was at one point I was looking at him and then I was kind of, and then I'm like, oh shit, I haven't even looked down this way because I couldn't stop looking at him, you know? Right. And, uh, and that's what I told him. And, you know, and he, and he, he's so humble, you know, and he's like, you know, so, and at one point I go, so are you happy? I mean, are you happy with how you look? And and he's like, are you happy? And I'm like, I'm completely happy. He goes, then I'm happy. <laughs> as long as you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> then it must be fine. No, I, you know, what I loved is that the, when he won, I've got a list of, of my moments at the Olympia of like, you know, like for example, I remember in 03 when Ronnie came out, I was in the sixth row and I'll just remember the guy in front of me started laughing. Yeah. Because it's like your brain didn't know what to do with it. Be with it, yeah. <laughs> so I remember the guy started laughing and I'm like, that, that makes sense. That's a, that's a feasible answer to me. And then obviously when Jay came back in 09 and walked out about 10 steps and stopped. Stomped that leg. Because he was kind of like, you're welcome. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when Rami won, it felt the same. Like the entire world of bodybuilding was like, yes. And it wasn't because they hated Brandon. It's because he he did it. Like yeah. everyone's been waiting. And, and I'll be the first to admit, I mean, I had him in, I think, fifth yeah. when, when I made my guesses. And literally after prejudging, I was like, he can't lose. Especially when I saw the side shots. It's funny you mentioned the work on the legs because – you could lose my hand in between the quad and the hamstring. Yeah. Like. It, it, I'll tell you what, I mean, like, I don't know if you can see it from the stage, but his hamstring, that one deep line that went down, I literally stuck my thumb in there and my whole nail, like, disappeared in that line. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely I believe that. that. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. And, you know, the thing is, when you saw and – and they kept going back to those shots and those guys kept squeezing in on him, I'm like – Dude, do they realize what he looks like from the side? Like, I would have stepped away. <laughs> they just kept going closer. Like, quit doing the side shots. <laughs> I don't think they realized because that was where I felt he annihilated everyone. Yeah. The side shots. I mean, when you have, I mean, especially Phil, because that's those are his, those are great shots for his lower body. And it wasn't just size; it was detail, density. I'm like. But I said the side chest to somebody, I'm like, he has to win. Yeah, even from the back, like, you know, when you're comparing him to Phil, like, you know, I mean, Phil's back shots are still phenomenal. and, and you Yeah. Know, but from the waist down, usually Phil dominates. He's yep. usually He usually has the hardest glutes in the show. His hamstrings are tore up. And he didn't. He didn't. Oh, yeah. You know, like, he did. Rami, and you're like, wow. Like Rami's glutes are literally 20% harder than Phil's. And, you know, that's, those were the things where, you know, I looked at and was like, man, like 
you know, it's crazy. And, you know, again, like I want to see some improvements, but, uh, you know, when you think about it and, and when, like you said, like, you know, you had him in fifth and stuff, people were like, man, are you upset that, you know, like all these guys are predicting him fifth or sixth? I'm like, no, because I said, I know what he looks like. Yeah. Well, based on what it used to be. Based off of what you expect from him, that's probably where you're going to go because you just expect that something is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, luckily I was like, I went into it with, I knew, you know, again, Phil was an unknown and we kind of saw, you know, Brandon, but we didn't, you know, we didn't know for sure. And, you know, we didn't really know what Hottie was going to look like, but I knew that, you know, Rami was going to be at least at, at a certain level. I knew that for, for him to win, I mean, for him to lose, somebody was going to have to look nuts. Like I knew they looked nuts. Let's get, uh, one final prediction from you. Uh-oh. Is is our is our next Mr. Olympia on stage yet? After Rami, you mean? Yeah. How long is Rami going to be champion? For a while. I think he's going to have it for a, I think he's going to dominate it for a while. Um next one on stage. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Very I don't interesting. Either. I don't either. <laughs> there you go. You know, I mean, I think that's our deep thought for the day. Yeah, I don't think our I don't think our next Mr. Olympia is on stage right now. I think there's some guys that are going to move up drastically. I think there's some future superstars. Um, I think we've seen those. I I, I think Akeem Williams is going to be brutal next year if he keeps adding detail. And, 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 you know, because I think I mean, if listen, if you would have done a call out with Akeem Williams, with Brandon Curry and Phil Heath. That would have been a tough one to call because if you went shot for shot and those were the only three guys on stage and you weren't mixing other guys in there, just those three, I can tell you, Keem works those guys hard. He wins wins some shots. Yeah, he works them hard in a bunch of shots. So if he continues to move forward, we're going to see that guy move up. Um, But I think that – you know, there's a few guys that are out there and it depends on what they decide to do and stuff. But I think the next superstar is probably not on the pro stage yet. Not yet. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks so much, Chad. You gave, <laughs> us, you gave us almost an hour 20. That was uh, that, I, I, I uh, in your situation right now with everybody wanting a piece of you. That really means a lot. Well, I appreciate it, man. And uh, I've, I talk, uh, we talk about uh, body, you know, hardcore bodybuilding all the time. And I've told a lot of stories about how you're the guy that got me to 333. Exactly. Food, food, baby. <laughs> There's one thing that uh, anybody says about me, it's, it's, it's funny. Like I've had, I mean, most of my guys, there's two reasons why they end up leaving. They run out of money <laughs> or they can't eat the food. That's it. That's it. They come on. Part of the money. I can eat all day. Part of the money. Yeah, they run out of money and can't eat the food. All day. (laughs) Trust me, food will not be a problem. Two weeks later, fuck, there's no way I can eat all this food. (laughs) I I never, ever got pushed with food like that. uh, It was an awesome experience. And, uh, you know, it uh, really gave me a great deal of insight into what you went through with all of those guys that you worked with, that huge list of guys and girls. And, uh, you know, congrats on all your success. I tell you guys, like, so I got two boys that train a lot, right? And so there's a lot of different. Mayhem. Yeah. 
raising my, my youngest one. He's going to be a football player, but he's a freak in the gym. Oh, I watch everything. I watch and everything. I said, you got to make it to the NFL because I said, dad's got, you know, four or five years left. You got to take care of him. Like, you need some pills. <laughs> and, uh, but I'll go through a lot of different things showing them like, okay, you know, here's this. I'll show, you know, I'll show him Ronnie's training videos and stuff. And uh, just the other day I was showing him Dusty's like bent over row stuff. And I'm like, like, watch this. Cause I like to show him like the activation of the muscle. Right. right. He's got a lot of video stuff where he does that. And you can see the muscle activating and stuff. Um, and so we're, you know, kind of looking at stuff and, and uh, I had just showed him, you know, and so he was asking me who I was going to be on with and I was telling him stuff. So and then awesome. you, like you're like, you're tricky because like for the last two months now, I've been like this close to like getting the bike out and like doing stupid shit on it. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, Chad and I are both old BMX guys. You you were, a, you were kind of a pro racer, actually, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was expert, but like expert racer. More, like, because you were more freestyle. I was just race. Like, I was more BMX. I mean, I could, you know, I could do some tabletop shit and some some crap like that. But I was more just all in racing, where you were more freestyle and crazy shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was riding pink bikes back in the eighties, and you were you were. You were riding dirt, not the tires. Yeah, I was a, I was a loop tail and a quad, you know. And I wish like so I was I had all of those, you know. And I, I was like such an idiot because back in the back then, you know, you just got rid of that shit trying to make money, and you know, mm. like, you would take whatever your you could, you know, whatever that they would give you. I would just sell and you know to utilize stuff. And I, you know, I probably went through fuck, probably forty of those, you know, loop tails through throughout the whole thing. And those those frames are all worth about two grand a piece right now. And I'm yeah, thinking, yeah, why, yeah, why did the, I not stick those in the attic for a while? Yeah, the, the COVID the COVID vintage BMX build off market yeah. uh, exploded in our faces and uh you would you would have cashed in well if you would have yeah, kept freaking it, dude. <laughs> we did it a couple times because like my son, he doesn't, you know, I, like I tried to get him in early, right? Like that was the direction I wanted him to go, right? So I bought him like bikes and so they've got like a Tony Hawk and some stuff. So the other day I was like looking at that, it's hanging in the garage and I'm like, you know, I could probably like, you know, ride backwards on the handlebars and do some things. And, and my youngest was like, dude, don't even think about it. You'll fall off there and break your fucking hip or something. <laughs> Yeah, well, don't think I just hopped on the bike. I got a trainer at the gym helping me get a bit of my footwork back. You know, it wasn't, I didn't just get on recklessly. Yeah, (laughs) it it would be fun. Like motocross was more my thing. And and I definitely know I ain't getting on a motocross bike. Oh, no, no. Like, you know, I was an idiot, idiot on a motorcycle. So, oh, yeah. No better to get on one of those. Yeah. Well, I, uh, Dusty and I are rabidly looking forward to getting on a plane, flying to the Olympia next year, yes. walking through a packed expo, <laughs> handshaking everybody. <laughs> maybe getting Anyone a couple willing, you know, maybe maybe uh, Rami will give me a kiss on the forehead, maybe. <laughs> you know, give, and uh, and, and I, uh, it'll be fun next year. I have a feeling. So it's, yeah, uh, I look forward to seeing you with your Bluetooth in your fanny pack. Doing a hotel rounds. Fanny back out next year. Yeah. You're going to need I, it. I told Kim, I go, I got a brand new like Louis Vuitton I never wore. I may have well, to break it now. Chad, Chad <laughs> you're going to need the fanny pack for the plasma expander. Exactly. All the, all the, <laughs> the real secrets. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, man. Uh, enjoy other interviews and enjoy Christmas with the family. And uh, keep pushing that freak kid of yours, man. I just love watching him smash people on Instagram. 
and uh, and uh, push 400 pound squats up. So <laughs> it's a good time. All right, man. I appreciate it, guys. Good to see you, thanks. Good to see you, man. Peace. So I mean, just click it off. There we go. We that going? We're yep. good, man. Appreciate All it, right. bro. I appreciate it, guys. See ya. Got me, Scott. There we go. You're back. How was that, Dusty? It was awesome. Only problem is, I, I, I got to be honest, I had no idea how long we were going because it was just rolling. We, I, we could have been here for hours. <laughs> well, the, the thing the thing was, uh, I thought he had like 45 minutes to an hour. Right. And he seemed, so I kept giving him some doors there. I was like, here's a door if you need it. <laughs> you're, I'm trying to be nice, but I also don't yeah. really want you to take it. But if you need yeah. it. <laughs> well, hey, that's a compliment to us. He wasn't uh, bored out of his fucking mind, so he stuck around for a while. I am super stoked that he that I got. I had no idea the hell that Ronnie went through. No idea. I don't know where I, I was. Know or... I didn't know he was stuck in Dubai for six months. That's insanity. Yeah. The I fuck? wouldn't get a, stuck in an apartment down the street from my house for six months. I'd lose my mind. I like my oh, place. Jesus. I can't imagine. No. So yeah, that's that's terrible. It, it it's uh it's it's awesome that he you know he came on and gave us a scoop. Chad's such a nice guy. Like I I said, he's always like that's him. Like. You know, even the first time I met him, like I walked up to him and I was like, hey, I'm rep 300 off of Muscle Mayhem. Right. And just like, oh, hey, what's up? And then that was the guy that talked to me. I think it's uh, you know, what's crazy. And I, you know, it's funny. You know this as a coach, as someone who's been in the game. But I always said when no one could really crack the code with Rami, I'm like, well, Chad works with the big fucking dudes. But it's funny how you say that and simultaneously know that how you work with each person is different. I mean, yeah. you you bump me up to 300 grams of carbs, nothing happens. Same yeah. with you. Like, you know, and I'm not a huge eater, but there's just, there's not, I mean, I guess that shows when you're a hyper responder that that's not always good because. <laughs> well, well, I mean, Aceto, Aceto told me that he had Rami like eating one cup of rice per meal. Like, yeah. So like yeah, I mean, Aceto said he doesn't. He's not like relative to his size. He's not a big food guy, yeah. you know. So uh, it's it's funny how that works. Yeah, you would you, know? you would just assume. I mean, and I'll be the first to admit, even I, even though you know better, it's like, well, how much does that guy have to eat? And and I know that I eat less than some of my athletes. Yeah, oh yeah. But I still imagine that Rami eats 10 million calories a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> keeps it trim. Hey, did you watch the Clarita interview? Yeah, I had less than 24 hours. <laughs> I'm putting the pressure on. Just uh, so those, but, but I did get some clips. Uh, but what I should really do, and I haven't done yet, is to see how many people fired me from the show since oh, I was off of it. Yeah, uh, that's okay. There's plenty of people that uh, that missed you. Oh, see, I was I got to be honest with you. There was a piece of me that was hopeful that my friends would get in there and be like, thank God. It was so much better without him rambling in the background. No, no, there was a there was a what? No, Dusty. Oh my God! I don't know if I can make it to, you know, the point when Dusty finally shows up. He shows up late. It's the story of my life. Go. <laughs> well, it looks like we got the scoops. Like, how much? How how much better can get that get? We got Clarita, and we, you know, Rami can't really speak English as well, so we got Chad. <laughs> yes, but now I'm going to be honest. I have to say it right now, and it's because I'm going to take my shot. Well, now I want Dennis. Now I want Dennis. So your jobs, don't you live in the same city? 
Well, it's right down the street. Yeah. <laughs> just like, can you go knock on his door? I, I, we'd probably shoot him a text and be like, hey, <laughs> I know you're fucking busy now, too, because I just got off the phone with Chad, who's got three more of these tonight. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I, would love to, I would love to see just because God, I'd love – I mean, you know, I'm upset. The training is my love. Like, I love hearing the training, and I know it's different. So, I mean, I would just love to hear what he did and what's different about him than, than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like Chad's trying to keep him safe. Maybe he's, you know, the thing I thought with a guy that size, because I've seen some videos of Rami doing crazy stuff. Oh, like, I can only imagine what he could well, do if he, I mean, he unleashed himself. I mean, he, he laid back, he grabbed the 200s at my gym, and he laid back and did 10 on the flat, no problem. Yeah. And um, I, I think maybe Chad is, with guys like that, sometimes they can almost be a danger to themselves if you, like, unleash them. Tell oh, them to, sure. like, six rep everything. It's like it's it would just get maybe it just gets kind of like, no, that's not going to be worth it. Maybe it's that type of thing. So it's like, hey, let's do five sets of 15 and just volume the fuck out of you. Well, and if it's working, why would you not? Yes, I mean, you know. no, no one's arguing that he needs more density. And I think, you know, it reminds me of his cutler, how people say, well, Jay didn't train heavy. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, he still trained heavy. I saw him squatting 500 pounds in front of my eyes many times. Yeah. Like, you know, when we would travel. Yeah. I go to the gym and he's in there blasting 495. I'm like, he wasn't doing sets of two. No, no, no. You know, no. but but he trained extremely heavy with volume. So when you factored the volume, I was like, no, he was training heavy as hell. Yeah, yeah. You know, close grip in 315, like it's nothing. And Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I think people forget it's relative. But yeah, I think a guy like Rami, what's frightening is what, in the in the relative terms of heavy, it's not heavy for him. So it's frightening what he could do. And let's be honest. I mean, I think your muscles so big, but are his tendons ready for that? Probably not. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, maybe there's something in there where Chad just wants to be the ball plus, you know, fuck, don't fuck with it. Yeah. You have a winning formula. You're not trying to help. And you're not trying to help some 200 pound guy become a 240 pound guy. You're trying to help. <laughs> you know, we're not concerned with him getting any bigger at all. Actually. You're trying to help. You're trying to help a 340 pound guy win an Olympia. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so people have to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So, OK, man, two shows back to back. Let's see when we get this one out. We don't want to lose the scoop. Scott's got to stay up all night. Edit, edit, edit. Yeah, he's good. He's been resting his eyes this whole time. We're good to go. OK, thanks, Dusty. Remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe, comment, ring the bell. Um, we really, you know, uh, you know, we have so many other things on the go that we're really happy we were able to bring you two episodes this week. Uh, with with uh, those types of guests, um, you know, makes makes us feel good about what we're bringing, Dusty. It's awesome, and and I, and you know, what, too, all kidding aside, I love that the people are stoked to get on. I'm like, yeah, we're doing something right. We're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's cool, and I uh, got a couple more guests lined up that are going to be awesome too. So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Okay, remember everybody, it's just bodybuilding. <laughs>